Welcome to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. My name is Malcolm Travers. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I host a YouTube live broadcast and invite the editors and contributors of Mail Media Mind to present a topic of their choosing. We discuss politics, social issues, especially those facing the black and LGBT communities, entertainment, mental health, sexuality, and relationships, or whatever makes the news or makes us mad. View the show recording live to ask questions or comment in the chat. Subscribe to M3 on YouTube to get a notification when we go live. You can find links to our YouTube page and other social media platforms at mailmediamind.com. Now, enjoy the show. And we are on the air. Welcome, everyone, to the M3 Hangouts. Mail Media Mind is a grassroots organization for the education, entertainment, and just dealing with the imagination of the bears and bears of color community. I am your host for this afternoon, Derek Jones. Um, We have a special show today called what is onyx because that question is out there a lot apparently and today we're going to try to answer that for everyone um joining me today are some of our regular m3 hosts uh mark estes our entertainment guru sorry i am also going to be doing background today so y'all will hear less of me and more of our special guests. So, all right. And also with us, Chris Impact Sutton, who handles a lot of our gaming. He's a gamer. Yes, a big seven foot giant gamer. Yes. They grow. They grow big in Michigan because he lived yeah. in a nuclear reactor. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. It's that Detroit diet, I guess. I don't know. But uh, what up, though? <laughs> and joining us special are three members of, three active members, I should say, of Onyx, because we do have a, another member of Onyx on here. Um, three members of Onyx who are going to answer some questions that we've gotten over the course of the week. Uh, we're going to start with Lynx Onyx in Chicago, I believe. Hey, how you doing? He, he is one of the newer members of the organization. About a year and a half, uh, yeah. Yeah, see? see. Um, we have Dominion Onyx from hey, the... What, what, what are we calling it now? Because it's not DC anymore. It's, it's uh, Mid- Onyx Mid-Atlantic. Onyx Mid-Atlantic. And Dominion has been a member for many, many Many years. <laughs> what you trying uh, to say? See, I don't. I I feel it. <laughs> I feel. It was one too many, many. Yeah. One too many, many. One too many, many. One too many, many. Shade begins. All that means is that he knows his stuff. I do my best, baby. <laughs> And last but by no means least at all, we have Mufasa, one of the founders of the entire 
Hey, I'm here. I'm the many, many, many. <laughs> well, you're, the, well, you're the ultimate, the numero uno, uh, the common denominator. Mm. Thank you. Just don't that's burn me at the stake. That's my Miss Wine impression. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to dive right in. Um, I'm going to start with a very quick story. I was at a card party last night, a spades party. I should stop saying card party because that could mean anything. I was at a spades party last night, so it was real ethnic. And <laughs> there were a number of uh, black men, gay black men of color there. And one of the men that came in was wearing a leather wristband on his right arm. And I've known this guy for years. And I said, oh, I said, bagging bottom. He said, excuse me. I said, that's a really nice armband. You're flagging bottom. Uh, Derek, what does that mean? This is just this is an armband. It's really nice. I said, so I you know, started to tell him. And we got into this whole conversation in the kitchen, because that's where conversations happen. Um, <laughs> about what, you know, what is leather, what is onyx, and just some of the answers that I got, just some of the thoughts that are out there. Um I to throw these parties and um uh, they have these, these sex parties. They, they throw dance parties. They throw sex parties. Uh, they just sit around and have each other. <laughs> and again, I know this is just some of the things that are out there. So I'm going to start with the most obvious question. What is Onyx? Uh, okay. Go ahead. Onyx, Onyx is a leather fraternity for gay and bisexual men of color. We provide a safe place for you to educate, explore, and empower. We provide a safe space for you to become educated about whatever kinks and fetishes you have and a safe environment to explore them so that you are empowered to live your best life. Amen. Sounds good to me. Agreed. And and if from Mufasa, because he was there. Yes. If we could get a very quick history of how Onyx came about. Um. In 1995, uh, I had been traveling to um, a number of leather, larger leather events around the country and also met some guys from Detroit, some black guys from Detroit in Icon, a club called Icon. And they had a club, and we would go up to Detroit and hang out with them. And we said, well, I said, well, why can't we have something in Chicago? But when I looked around to join another club, there weren't many men of color um, in those clubs. And I had been traveling to Black Friday events and preferred dating black men and playing with black men and Latino men. So I said, well, why don't we, why don't I try to find some other guys who can sit down at the table with me and start this organization, start an organization or club, but for men of color. And uh, we sat down for a year, tried not to discriminate against anyone in membership. Anyone can become a member but only men of color can be voting, full voting members. Um, and so with that, uh, it took a year to form the uh, bylaws, opened up the club, and 22 years later, we're still here. Am I getting feedback? No, you just, you're a little grainy, but it's okay. We can, we, we got, we can hear you. Right. So, 
uh, anybody can become a member, but you know, if we want fried chicken at the banquet, we're not going to get outvoted. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> and if we want house music at the dance and not circuit boy music, uh, we won't get outvoted. Yeah. So, um, but anybody can become a member. Uh, you can become an associate, man, woman, um, any any race can become an associate. But to become a full voting member of the organization, you have to be a man of color. And I understand because you mentioned women. I understand that you have a um, a side group per se. Um, yeah, we have. Um, a, a group called the Onyx Pearls, and they are independent of us, but they do become associates of our chapters in the areas that they are um, for guidance purposes. And so uh, they are Onyx Pearls Southeast in Atlanta, Mid-Atlantic uh, in D.C., and New York right now. And uh, I believe L.A. is looking to come on board. Nice. And how many chapters of Onyx are there now? There are six with three in formation. So you've got uh, Chicago, the, the mother-father chapter. Uh, you've got, then came Atlanta, Southeast. Then came uh, New York, uh, Northeast. Then came D.C., Mid-Atlantic. Then uh, South, Southern Cal, Southwest. And then uh, Great Lakes, which is Cleveland and Detroit. And then we've got three chapters in formation. Mm-hmm. Northern Cal. Um, up in San Francisco, Oakland area. We've got uh, Deep South in Fort Lauderdale and the Caribbean. And we've got Lone Star in Texas, Houston and Dallas. We all all over for real. Yeah. A growing movement. We are growing. Yes, definitely. Links as the newest member on our panel. Mm. Um, can you give us a little bit of your experience being a, I don't want to call you a newbie, and I know you don't want to be referred to as the baby of the group because you don't like that. <laughs> uh, but just, you know, just as someone who's been in a year and a half, um, just some of your Yeah, yeah. Um, it might be different than anyone else's because um, Onyx came to me at a time when I was looking for something desperately mine. Um, everything that I had been given was passed down from family or tradition or church or school or what I was supposed to do as a Southern black man, it was given to me. And Onyx came to me um, out of curiosity of my own. And uh, I connected with it in a way that I had not anything else. Um, I am a child of the theater and I think Onyx is just as important to me as that in my life um, because it sort of changed my life. Um, and so I approach and I, I treat Onyx and the men of Onyx and women of Onyx like they are my family. They are my chosen um, because it's mine. I found it. I, I harvest. I'm harvesting it and I'm growing in it. Um, so um, I, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't have words to explain how this organization has helped me uh, find out who I am as an adult um, on my terms. Um, with what I want to do, and then have the support to do that safely, um, you know, without having to wonder what if this goes wrong, or am I doing this the right way, or, you know, 
judgment and all these other things that the vase of the world would, would, would put on us um, to do this, quote, taboo stuff. Um, in this family, in this circle of people, I have found my freedom. And that's where I'm living right now. Um, I think I've grown in the last year and a half in ways I haven't grown in the last 10 years of my life. Um, and if it weren't for a select few people who actually opened the door to the possibility of me joining, um, I, I probably wouldn't be who I am or where I am today. Um, that's how I can best explain what it means to me. Um, and I can't wait to see where I am when I am one of those many, 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 many. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. If I feel now, I can't wait until it's 20 years, 30 years down the road for me. And I have people that I am now teaching and I am now, you know, harvesting it. I am now helping discover for themselves what they can do for themselves and with others. I can't wait. And I hope I'm that excited about it as I am now down there, you know, back down the road. I have a quick question. Go ahead, Chris. Is there a total number of Onyx members? Do you have like a full total tally of like all the Onyx members nationwide? It uh, it does change um, with the chapters. Oh, you know, each year we do get the tally at the end of the first quarter of all of the members. I'd say we have about two hundred members. Oh. But um, but then there are different statuses of membership. Mm-hmm. Um, alumni membership and that we have, but I'd say that's about what we have. But you know, um, you know, we, and then there's, there's associates as well. Right. Okay. Um, I would like to get because first of all, links what you said was absolutely beautiful, and you can't put that on the flyer. Um, <laughs> I'm really no, really, because again, people ask the question. People ask these questions, what is Onyx? What do you get out of it? What is it about? Yeah. And I think what you just said was a very beautiful thing. And I look forward to seeing, you know, where you are when you get that many, 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 you know, behind you. <laughs> um, I want to go to the flip side and ask Dominion, who is, you know, part of the many group who <laughs> I know has been around for a minute. Um, having heard what Lynx has said and kind of knowing where you were when you started, how, where, where are you, how are you now with the organization? Um, my, you know, I have taken to referring to my family in all of my communications because Onyx is, I mean, yes, we are a fraternity and for some members, uh, it may just be that, you know, sort of a loose association. But for for the vast majority of us, Onyx is our family. And so that is what I have grown into over these many years. I mean, it goes all the way back to the first day that I met you and Mufasa. We certainly didn't, uh, we weren't having a conversation about sex or play or kink or BDSM at all. We were talking about the color purple in some movie called Jackie's Back, which I had never heard of. Oh my God. This was in 1999 and the movie had just come out. I mean, you know, and so that was always my introduction to Onyx was that there were these really cool and interesting people 
who treated me like the family I didn't even know that I was missing. And so mm -hmm. I've spent my entire life in this organization replicating that experience for everyone who comes in. So when I met Lynx, I treated him like the brother I'd never had. I treat everyone like that. And so that is what Onyx is to me. You talked about your card party last night, Derek. You know, we did the same thing. We got together and I always just sit and look back and, you know, say, this is my family. These are the people with whom I choose to spend the vast majority of my time. I mean, all of my friends are my brothers. My roommate is my brother. You know, our other roommate is most likely going to become our brother. You know, people think that they focus only on the surface. They see that, you know, Lynx is, you know, you know, is only wearing his vest or that we are talking about our some of our sexual proclivities. But what they're missing is that we have a comfort level with ourselves and with each other. And through that, we can now be free to share everything with one another. And that is the essence of family. If I can tell Mufasa and Lynx and you the what in this sort of, you know, post-Victorian society is still the deepest, darkest, most intimate parts of myself and still have you accept me, then I can mm. talk to you about my job and my family. I can feel free to share my entire life with you. So that is the real secret of Onyx, and that is what I share. I don't necessarily share kinks and fetishes with everyone, but I always share the family because the kinks and the fetishes will come. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek, so, I, think the, 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 I think the thing that you did mention was that you know they think people see the outside of Onyx and they see um, that we give dance parties and they say we give sex parties and in those types of things. Um, what we are is a sex positive organization. Mm -hmm. We don't shy away from talking about sex. Sex is not is just part of what we do as individuals. Um, we do give play parties. Um, sex does happen at those parties um, because men are men. Um, leather sex and uh, other things do happen, but that's in the privacy of that party. What is done there stays there. And so we understand that, that that's only a part of us, but we are a sex positive organization, but that's not all we do. We don't mm -hmm. sit around and have each other all the time. Some do have each other, but that's we're adults. So, you know, that's their that's that's their choice. But, you know, the non-judgment factor, which is supposed to be in, within the leather community itself, is one thing that we strive for. Of course, we're going to we're human. So, it happens. But that is what we strive for, you know, within the organization. I, I think that that is, I think that is a wonderful answer to that question. Um, we are talking to three of the men of Onyx. Um, if you're just joining us, please send in your questions on the YouTube channel. Uh, Mark is monitoring that right now. If there's anything you want to ask, we'll try to get it on while we're on the air. If not, we'll try to get an answer to you later on. I want to uh, go to one of our other questions that we got. Um, defining your image in a social media world. 
um, having your name attached to things that are not of you or promoting the mission of Onyx. Now, I know when Onyx started, uh, social media was in its... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say barely. Um, Because again, I know that the the first party I went to, the first, yeah, the first blackout party that I went to, I got handed a paper flyer. And who hands out paper flyers? (laughs) (laughs) They still do some places. Do they? Okay. Links. A paper flyer was a little cardboard stock thing that you used to Y'all leave. Oh. <laughs> I was born in 1980. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know what landline phones are. <laughs> I know how to make biscuits from scratch. I'm not that young. <laughs> Dude, if I yeah. hear a whistle in the back, I know that's dial-up. You all stop okay. listening to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Social media has grown um, because the because the Onyx name I know is not trademarked. It's not I don't think it's capable of being trademarked. How do you control your image in this social media world when people can just attach the name Onyx to anything? Well, I think that you know it has happened uh, a few times, but I think that. We stand within who we are, and if they don't use the men of Onyx or Onyx Men, which is our, you know, which is our true name, um, we look at it and we see that anyone can use that name, anyone can attach themselves to that name, but we also know who we are, and not to stress out over it. Um, we attend to it if need be, um, and then we move on because we know who we are. Uh, we often, you know, invite people to our play spaces or to our meetings. And once they get there, the, the fantasy is gone because they think that they're just gonna get thrown up against the wall once they get there. And um, if you ask, yes, but <laughs> just out of the blue, no. And so, you know, we, we control it as much as we can, um, but anyone can use that name. But as long as we know that it's not the men of Onyx, or because there was an Onyx uh, group in where is it? New uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, yes. That one of our members was attending uh, their weekend when they heard about our group <laughs> and realized that, it was, that there were two different groups. One was just a black men's social club, and one was a black men's leather social club. And uh, we can't stop anyone from using that name. But we can uh, reach out if we see that it's being used, that our name, Men of Onyx, or Onyx Men, is being used in a derogatory way. It's funny that you say that because, you know, I just this past weekend at IML, which for those who don't know, IML is International Mr. Leather. It's sort of the culminating event that happens every Memorial Day weekend in Chicago where a new international Mr. Leather and a new international Mr. Bootblack is crowned. We always have a suite at these events, which is really just sort of a landing place for all of our members to come. And you get these people who will walk into the suite. Some people will walk in completely naked and we'll just, we're just sitting there drinking and having a good time because what, to us, this is family. We all, mm-hmm. I don't get to see Mufasa and Lynx, but maybe once or twice a year. So when we get together, 
we're there having a good time. Mm-hmm. If you hang out in a suite long enough, something might happen. But mm-hmm. 75% of the time, we're just there socializing with one another. So people get disabused of that notion often. And those that hang out and those that hang around sometimes will see something. Like I've made a couple of connections, you know. I had my hands, you know, yes, in a few did. places and I did a few things this weekend. <laughs> but I swear to you, what we talked about with those people afterwards and in the communications that I have had it with them in the time since was not about where my hands were or where my hands were or what we did. It was how comfortable they felt in a place where nobody judged them for being whatever. And we dashed past whatever we actually did in that room to, hey, I'm thinking about moving to DC. Where mm. can I go? You know, because they fa- they found a place where they could be comfortable and free. So those who think that Onyx is a certain thing because of things that they've seen on social media or take it a certain way, I look at it as, you know, that old average, you know, there's no such thing as bad advertising. They will send people to us and people will either will find either one of two things that it is not the um, sexual free for all that it that we uh, that they thought it was. Or they'll find a place where they can hang out and be comfortable. And then they might find out it is just as sexually free, if not a free for all. So which are two entirely different things. They're very true. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I, I address it as it comes to me. Uh, it used to bother me early on when I was so militant about protecting the name and the reputation. And, you know, it just came to me and it, I realized you, you can't control the Internet. It, it's, 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 it's like blowing ashes in the wind. Once it's out there, there's nothing you can do to reel it back in. So... I address it as it comes to me uh, in these different rooms, these chats and these apps and these you know, bars and whatnot. When it's brought to me, I heard that you are a member of or I've heard about this club or whatever. Um, how do I join or how do I get to the fuck party or how do I what's the secret code to the gate? You know, which, you know, all those things. Um, I have the conversation then, you know, and one of two things will happen. Either they will say, oh, my bad. Thanks for letting me know or fuck off, you just don't want to let me in. Either way, you know, um, the conversation is had at that moment. Uh, I used to, you know, contact some of the brothers and say, oh my God, people on the South Side abusing our name and this is horrible, is this actionable in court? This is, you know, I used to get all up in arms about it because, you know, I don't want, I didn't want the reputation that we're a fuck club or that, or that, that that's all we do. But I think, you know, as Mufasa said and as Dominion said, people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, and we are not able to, and I don't know if we should put energy in trying to uh, stop it, because we won't. So I think having the conversations when they occur, um, I think knowing again, like Bufasa said, who we are, being confident in who we are as an organization, um, and living in that will sort of counterbalance the what are you situation, or the assumption of what we are situation. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure that the leather community knew that we were going to be around for 22 years. Right. Um, and we're still here and still growing. I was, I, I was going to. I was going to come to that. Um, go ahead. Because I'm sorry. no, 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 I, I, no. I please go ahead. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we educate. We continue to educate people um, and tell them who we are and what we do. And as Link said, some of them are still going to believe what they want to believe. Right. And we can't change that. But we can only live our truth and know who we are and continue to do that. I do think it's also uh, just one, one quick thing to say is that one of the interesting things for me and I know for Mufasa, having been involved in not just Onyx, but fraternal organization for a while, um, <laughs> the, um, the new energy that people like Lynx and our new members bring to the organization because frankly, my interest in social media, I have zero fucks to give about a lot of what other people thinks because I lived my I lived a majority of my life before social media. So I'm not necessarily wrapped up in the way that people conceive of social media now. So it just doesn't mean anything to me. But I value the fact that it might mean something more to a newer generation. And although Lynx is uh only 10 years younger than me, his 10 years younger includes a whole immersion in social Paradigm media. Shift, my uh, yeah. Right. My youth did not include, you know, such all the time access to media. So I take the time and say, hey, look, this isn't important to me, but if you, as my brother, if it's important to you, then I will at least hear you out and see how can I help you, you know, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. this concern. So I, I want people to understand that, you know, we value the lifeblood that uh, new members bring to the organization because without them, you know, this many, many, many will turn into once was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and case in point, there was a sex party recently um, in the last, I guess, posted in the last two months on Adam, uh, Onyx Brothers, Onyx Bros. Mm-hmm. And it was an exclusive party. It was um, under, you had to be under 35, slim or muscular I guess it was you had to be whatever and we know within our organization that that's not who we are and they advertised their party you had to send in a picture those types of things and we understood a bunch of the brothers did get up in arms but um, I assured them that you know it, it wasn't our party we didn't have anything. When people ask, just tell them it's not our party and move on. And they know that we and tell them that we are not exclusive like that, that we are uh, open to all different body types and shapes and uh, proclivities and fetishes and things of that nature than us. So that's all you can do is educate and tell people and then move on. Okay. Um, what, since we, since we got to it, um, I was going to save this later, but I'll ask now, what do you think is the secret to the longevity that is Onyx? I do know that there have been many, many leather organizations, leather clubs that do five years, 10 years, and then suddenly they're never heard from again. They're erased from the annals of history. (laughs) Dominion, do you want to start off? Sure. Um, I think it goes back to the time that our founders took 
to structure our organization. I mean, this wasn't something that, you know, a couple of dudes just drunkenly sat around and said, hey, you know, let's just throw this group together. They took a year of planning, at least a year of planning before they made any sort of concrete moves, gathering information from various organizations. And then they from what I saw, because I got involved in 1999, so this was only four years into the organization. As I said before, the emphasis was not on um, sex. Mm-hmm. It was on building relationships because from my understanding, that was what it was about. The founding of Onyx wasn't necessarily or really at all about looking for men of color at other leather events to have sex with. It was about having an environment and a place where people of color could say hello to one another and be friendly with one another. So I think that's sort of where some of these organizations fell down is because they were looking specifically for a place for black men to find black partners and whatever. And Onyx just said, hey, if you don't ever want to have sex with any of us, that's fine. But you can come and have our cocktails. You can come and kiki with us. You can come and have sex with us. Or you can just come and be friends and and move on. And because of that sort of, I think, a little bit less pressure environment, it drew more people in and drawing people in drew them out of their shells consequently and developed a deeper commitment to the organization that has lasted. I agree. Um, I saw a need um, that we would come to the national events and there'd be people of color there, but how do we connect? How do we find one another to talk about issues that are germane to us? Um, three of our, two of our, well, three of our founding uh, board members had white partners. So it wasn't about putting together a club to find other, necessarily to find other black partners or people of color partners. It was about the connection. Um, I asked them, would they be okay if their partners would never be able to join this organization as a full member? And their answer was yes, because this is about us, not about them. They could, their partners could come to anything, they could join as associates, um, but they realized that this was something about us needing to sit down together at different times and talk about issues about people of color in the leather community and what we go through and how we can be better people um, and better partners and better playmates and learn from one another um, where we can't necessarily learn from the majority population some certain things that are germane to us. Um, Black church, you know, was in a lot of our lives. Um, you know, how do we bridge that gap? Um, how do we come to the table and reflecting someone that's darker than us um, and how mm-hmm. their skin is not going to turn red. Right. How do we right. do that? How do we learn to feel the skin, feel the heat, and not injure the person? So there are a lot of things that I thought of that we needed to sit down and discuss, and the other gentleman agreed with me. Um, and as we are family, we are the village. We are the place where people can come and sit and be themselves and talk. Um, and the community has recognized that. Mm-hmm. 
chastise us for that. And even when we're not responsible for some things, <laughs> our name gets thrown in. <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting because that, we you know that. I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Dominion. The, um, I just wanted to say quickly, you know, and we'll probably touch on this later, but this conversation about partners of another color, I try to always genericize things to humans. And if we were straight men and uh, our wives wanted to form an organization for and about the specific concerns of women, no one would have a problem because no one would assume that just because you're forming an organization for women that you don't love your husband and that you don't want to do anything with them. You're just recognizing the fact that there are certain concerns that are specific to, in this case, our gender that we want to discuss, but it doesn't negate the place of your husband in your life. So if you are a black man with a white partner or a Latino man or whatever, joining an organization by, for, and about the concerns of people of color does not negate your love or your concern or your affection for your partner who is white. That's just a ridiculous trope uh, put forth by white people who see something that they want and they feel that they can't have. Mm-hmm. Which, was actually, which, which is a great segue into my next question, um, which is one that I'm sure everybody has heard at some point. Um, why no white full members? Is that not racist in this day and age when we're supposed to be bridging gaps and coming together and singing kumbaya and holding hands and seeing beyond the physical form? Can I answer why that first? Not Please. <laughs> Jump in. Um, because they already have their space. Mm -hmm. um, the people of the non-people of color already have their spaces, their clubs, their their houses and mansions and and cars and keys to the city. They already have everything at their disposal. They've always had it. We have had to fight to get what we want in different many many different ways. Um, so it's okay for us to say that this is for us by us. You can support and we will love and receive your support, but full voting membership rights. This is a men of color organization, period, period. Accept that. I don't go to the KKK saying, why can't I join? Mm. If that's inappropriate, forgive me, but that's the only thing that popped into my mind right now, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we knew what you meant. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I got two hours of sleep, so you know. <laughs> but Bravo, no, I mean, this is thank you. This is where I get a little passionate. Is where I do see lots of posts and I do see lots of questions. And even in my face when I'm out, um, it sounds like you know this is reverse racism um, that white people can't be a part of Onyx um, except for as an associate. Why can't they be full members? Um, because we said so. Mm. Um, that's not enough. For, I mean, for me, that's enough. Because we said so. You can support. We would love your support. We would love your input. We would love to bridge gaps and make this, you know, um, a larger conversation. But this is ours. Mm -hmm. This is ours. And I think that that should be enough. And that's sitting my down at the table. Thank you. Sitting down at the table. We got the bylaws from um, 
Amigos Latinos, which is a Latin men's organization in Chicago. We've got the bylaws of the uh, Asians and Friends, which is another organization, LGBT organization uh, in Chicago for men. Of course, leather, different leather groups, uh, they gave us their bylaws as well. And when we started looking at Asians and Friends in particular, the friends, the friends were taking over. Right. <laughs> because the friends were able to be full members. So the friends were taking over and running the organization. And it's like, well, isn't this supposed to be an organization for Asian mm-hmm. LGBT men? Mm-hmm. And the friends, who were white, <laughs> had taken over the organization. Um, Amigos Latinos made sure that people who were not Latin of Latin descent did not necessarily take over their organization. Um, that they had full control of it. That came to be able to control our own destiny. Yes, we give the parties that we give because we're able to vote and give and decide what we want to see there. And everyone comes and everyone enjoys. You know, we give the events at MAL um, that we give and raise monies for the organizations that we want to give to. That was another thing that no one was giving to the HIV minority organizations right. in the leather community. Right. They were giving to the general uh, HIV organizations. Right. But they weren't giving to the minorities. Who, who's, who's, whose job is that? We decided it was our job right. to support minority, other minority organizations that look like us. And so we do continue that to this day supporting those organizations and supporting the general leather community. So someone, we, we gave the first brick to the leather archives and museum. Right. No one, a lot of people don't know that, that we were supportive in the Jill Carter Green Room, that we were there when the leather archives opened and started and that we have that history. And so, we, we have a lot to look back on and stand on and just say, you know, as Link said, this is an organization for us to discuss our issues. So at the Leather Caucus this last weekend at IML, yes, you're able, you, yes, and I did get a text, are white people able to come? I got that text. I'm like, it's on the general schedule. <laughs> it's on the IML schedule, meaning that it's open to everyone. And we, often, we always say that. Yes, you can come, but we will be talking about issues germane to the people of color community. Right. We will not be talking about your issues. <laughs> I feel that um, the, 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 the answer to the question reveals itself into the res- in the response of our initial uh, response. Mm-hmm. Because when they say... Uh, say, um, well, why can't white people join or this whatever? And the response is because that's how we want it. Then the real reason why such an organization exists is revealed in the nastiness of the response that comes after that. I was witness to um, uh, something that happened with one of our uh, newest members where he decide he has an organization that are about that is by and about specifically the needs of of trans and queer identified people of color 
and he specifically indicated that this event was open to people of color only to avoid what he calls and what is an institutional and academic term, the white gaze. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people had very complex feelings about that. And they had no problem uh, shaming him as a trans man, shaming him as a femme, uh, gay identified man, shaming him as a person of color. So this is exactly why those places exist because you couldn't just take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. You had to go and try to shame this man on social media and make it look like, you know, whatever. But what they didn't count on was that his brothers were going to stand by him, beside him, behind him and in front of him if need be. So that's another place where we uh, we will be. That's why we have this organization, because if no one else will stand up for us, we will stand up for us. And that is exactly why we support these sort of minority um, charities, because no one was supporting the um, Ali Forney Center in New York City. I mean, a few people were. And I mean, I take that back because um, B. Arthur actually support supported the she, she gave a very large bequest. But my point is this is just that in general, these sort of organizations were not being um, supported. There wasn't some sort of a huge support after the hurricane uh, in uh, the earthquake in Haiti by uh, the gay community. So we bring issues to these things. And if it weren't for our presence and for us bringing these things to the forefront, um, it certainly wouldn't happen. And do you think that if the st uh, structure of this organization were not composed of people of color, that we would... Um, be concerned about it? I think not, because the history of our country certainly hasn't proved that uh, the majority uh, population in this country will somehow suddenly take up the cause of rights of people of color uh, of their own volition. Mm. Okay. Um, I understand we have a question, Mark. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, we have three questions. Uh, we have Joe R. Uh, asked, excuse me, y'all. Um, I've submitted applications to the Atlanta chapter twice and have never gotten a response. I live in the Tampa area, but Atlanta is the nearest chapter. Um, do y'all want to go to the next question? Y'all want to take tackle that one first? If you have, uh, have Joe and this is this is completely fine. Have Joe email me at dominiononyx at gmail.com. I will ensure that his application finds its way to the men who are in South Florida, which at four miles away, just across uh, Interstate 4, is much closer than Atlanta. And I will ensure that before the end of the week, he is put in contact with the appropriate people. Okay. Okay. Um... Also, Lonnie Richardson wants to know, does anyone identify as Christian? If so, has being a member of Onyx affected your religious views? He said he's sorry he wasn't able to join the conversation today. Well, it's all right, um, and I'm going to let Masa handle this one. <laughs> I've been ordained pastor um, and uh, a functioning ordained pastor. And, uh, there are a number of ordained ministers and people who have uh, been deacons and other 
and function as deacons and ushers and whatever in the church um, within eyes. It seems to be a, a very a connection that is seamless somewhat um, because of the spirituality, I think, of leather um, and uh, understanding who we are as Christians, who we really are as Christians, because Jesus would be upending so many tables um, and probably not ours because we're speaking our truth and living in it. Um, so, yes, I am a Christian. I am a functioning Christian. I am a progressive Christian. I make I understand what the what love is and moving forward in love, and don't I don't have many of the dictates of dogma. Um, I've also been to seminary, so that that kind of debunks a whole lot of what uh, the black church uh, believes, uh, as well as doctrine, um, as well. But I am uh, functioning in a black church, uh, two black churches. Uh, and it's wonderful. And they can contact me if they want to talk further um, at Mufasa Ali uh, on Facebook. Um, I think um, I, I am not a Christian, but I feel like the underlying, the, the subtext to that conversation has to do with sex and sexuality. Well, let's just deal with sex first, because sexuality is something entirely different. And we have to understand that the concept of sex as we live it now is a patriarchal construct based on property rights. It was a system designed to make women feel bad about their sexuality so that you as the man could ensure that this woman hadn't slept with anyone else. So therefore, all of the bad feelings that both men and women have about wrapped up around sexuality are based solely on a system designed to ensure that when you died, all of those goats that you had accumulated over your lifetime were going to be inherited by your heirs and not mm -hmm. someone else. In terms of sexuality, again, there are so many things that are written in the Bible that we, if we were following those tenets, uh, we wouldn't be doing from the things that we wear to the things that we eat to the places that we go. And yet we choose to focus on that one because it's a relatively <coughs> easy thing to do to point the finger at someone else and say, you're wrong because you're doing this. And once you see that for what it is, then you can live in the comfort of not being bothered about it, whether you continue to profess the faith or not. I mean, the Bible, and just a quick aside, the Bible is a very difficult book to read, the history next to it, to kind of understand what was going on in the historical sense, when different things were written. Plus, uh, the Gospels were written 90 years after Jesus died. So nobody was there. <laughs> right. this, is all here, this is all hearsay. And if you want to create a god, one had a god, even in Greek mythology and Roman mythology, had to have a human, a human uh, parent and a god parent in order to make them a god. And so do I believe that, Jesus, that Mary was, was <clears throat> impregnated by God? No. I think she was raped. 
but Joseph was a good man and took her in. So there is there you have to come to some semblance of reality, right? <laughs> in understanding that this book is about people overcoming people overcoming bad situations, but living through it, and therefore connecting to a higher sense of self, a higher power, and and that <coughs> should be. Um, for me, um, we're gonna have I, to have oh. we're gonna have to have Mufasa back for our uh, religious conversation. <laughs> that's that's, 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 right. that's, that's, that's open right. up for the whole separate thing that yes. I can't get, that I don't have the paperwork to get into right now. <laughs> um, that was I'm here for it. It I was mean, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm sorry, Link. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. It's real. It's uh, just uh, just a short. Um, thing here. I, I come from the South, from Mississippi originally, and uh, I am the black sheep of my family. By that, I mean I'm the only one not in the church in some way. Um, you know, we have ministers and, 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 and preachers and pastors and choir ushers and, and everyone is doing something in the church except me. And uh, I think that, uh, and it's not by choice. I mean, I, I, I do my spiritual and religious work privately. That's a relationship that I have directly through. I don't, I don't, you know, but I think that for people my age and younger who struggle with, and I could be wrong, but this is my opinion. I think that what we struggle with is what has been given to us from those older who are so deeply rooted that this is the way to believe, to behave, to act, to move through the world. And when that doesn't reconcile with what I'm feeling on the inside about myself, there becomes a disconnect. Um, uh, for me, it was guilt. I'm feeling guilty because I'm having these desires about what I want to do uh, with my mind and my body and my spirit, but that doesn't line up with what mom, grandma, grandpa, uncle, sister, cousin, all these other people <laughs> told me I should do. So um, for me, it's, 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 it, I think it's incredibly personal. Um, I love to hear people like Damien and, and Mufasa talk about spirituality because it, it opens my mind up to what if or to yes and um, as opposed to no, no, no. Because if I feel like I'm being told not to do because of this, I'm going to do it even more. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> right, you shouldn't do That's that. That's because you're fast. I'm yeah. a little. I'm a little. <laughs> but, um, you know, in, in, in the beginning with Onyx, uh, the first several, well, not several, the first two or three months, it was very difficult for me to reconcile my spirituality and how I felt about God and, and the spirits with what I was doing physically, um, you know, after dark. Um, it was very difficult um, until I let it go. And I know that they're not related um, now. Uh, and so that's that's my input on that. I think that it's personal. Um, I think that if the counseling and the help is wanted, that it's available, but it's up to us to seek it out. It's not going to fall in our laps. And, and one other thing is that there are other spiritual paths that inform my Christianity. Jesus is not the only way. I choose to believe that because of my ancestors and because of I can relate to it. But Buddhism uh, and other other spiritual, the Quran influence how I am a Christian and how I work within. And I am ordained in a place that accepts me as a gay man and my husband and our children 
And so I can't just be ordained. I just can be ordained in any place. I have to be in a place that I can be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that conversation is going to be lit. <laughs> um, okay, thank you all very much for that. Cause that and thank you, Lonnie, for that question. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, um, but Legionnaire Onyx says that um, hello to his honest brothers in the M3 gang. Hey, Bristol. <laughs> and um, another question from Devad. Um, says my apologies if this question has been asked. What the what the status, if you know, of the possibilities of an Onyx chapter in Northern California, which Legionnaire said there's a chapter in formation in San Francisco, and the group will have a gathering at the Powerhouse Bar on June 10th. Yes, and exactly that's our questions at the moment. Okay. Well, I do have a few more that we got. A uh, couple more that we got over the course of the week. This one, really, this one came from our own Chris Impact Sutton, actually. Um, Chris, did you want to ask it? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Go ahead. So, just out of the conversation or the discussions that we've kind of gone over um, during the hangout so far, I wanted to kind of get into um, just more of an understanding about learning and kind of going through the process of you know exploring kinks and fetishes in the BDSM, BDSM scene in a safe way. So my question was, um, since some activities in the leather community can require a high level of mental and physical commitment, is there any support systems that provide proper care specifically surrounding physical and mental health so individuals can safely explore or navigate um, the BDSM scene safely? So are there any type of like, um, I don't know, brother or sister organizations that um, may can assist people who are, if they're dealing with any kind of physical concerns or mental concerns um, in the midst of kind of exploring these scenes, are there any kind of like, you know, organizations or spaces where they could get help and support? And I'm assuming with Onyx, there's a support system as well for that as well too. But that was my question basically. I think there number of things are negotiated or at least talked about before they happen. And if you're playing with someone over a long period of time or you have a relationship or a family relationship or a leather family relationship um, or you're in a boy-daddy-boy relationship or master-slave relationship, the physical and mental um, are, are looked out for, mm-hmm. you know, because you're in a longer-term relationship. When you're just playing with someone um, for the moment, you probably have negotiated the scene, but they, you're, it's up to them to tell you that I have traumatic mm-hmm. um, issues around spanking or, you know, and I you know, so I would not like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want this other specific thing to happen or I'm looking for this. And so you have to rely on each other to share some of that information um, before you go down a dark hole. Mm-hmm. Of course, we do have um, counselors on duty <laughs> Uh, professionals within Onyx mm-hmm. that we can refer people to as brothers mm-hmm. um, to uh, at least ask the question do they need help in a certain area or should they go to um, a professional um, and move forward that are crazy mm-hmm. um, and don't want help and don't want to really exist or work on themselves in the community 
And then those are individuals you just have to let go um, mm-hmm. because you can't force them into it. But when you're in a family relationship, relationship, you can uh, monitor those types of things and make sure that they get the help that they need from professionals um, in, you know, in and outside the LGBT community. Right. I think that that's where the safe, sane, and consensual aspect of what we do really comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, having the conversations. Um, there, there's, there's schools of thought on the word safe. I'm learning and I have learned over the last you know, several months what is safe, you know, uh, uh, finding another word maybe. But the sane part of it, I think, ties into this question. Um, we have to talk about it. We, Onyx and, and, and I think even the love of the community at large was created, I'm guessing, for people who were once outcasts in some form or another so onyx within the leather community itself for people of color this is a safe sane space so i think getting ourselves to the point where we can actively communicate without fear of judgment or or rejection or or being laughed at or talked about any of those negative um responses to say, you know, this, 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 and this. Uh, a few months ago, I was negotiating with a fire play partner who told me I can't do fire. I was burned as a child. Okay, red flag for me, right? So, you know, those kind of things, we, we, we have to, I think, foster the conversation of, of negotiation up front. Um, and I think that it's, it's not gonna be easy to get people to talk about their their things, but I think that that's our next step. Well, for me anyway, is 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 being a part of the group that can support. You know, if, if something doesn't seem right, um, how can I be of service to to get you to the resources you need, or what can I offer from my history to be of use for you to share? Because um, I think that that's what it's about, right? Sharing right. in some form or another. Mm-hmm. And Lex, could you briefly? Briefly, get into it. Yeah. Uh, just because you mentioned it, uh, Fireplay. Yeah. Just a quick yes. explanation of Fireplay. Yeah, Fireplay is, uh, in my mind, a form of sensation play. It's it's a off off kick of sensation play. It's uh, the usage of fire wands or um, batons that have been uh, fueled with some sort of igniting fluid, usually alcohol, at seventy uh, percent, I guess. Um, and you use those wands to palpate the body, to uh, stimulate different parts of the body from, you know, again, through negotiations, you can create a 12 inch square from this part to this part, or the entire body can be the canvas for this. And it's, uh, some people refer to it as a a fire massage um, because you do feel the heat. You do have flames running across the body. Um, There's discussion of hair because hair will singe and burn. Um, there's discussion of, of burn time, how long the wand can sit in one spot of skin before it begins to burn, um, all of that stuff. But that's what fire play is. It's, it's using fire to sensate the body, to work up endorphins within the body. Um, that's the, the easy way to describe it. The, the quick way, the quick way, I should say. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, I want to go to another question that gets asked often of um, men of color who participate in BDSM. Um, I'm going to call it the, oh, I ain't just going to let no white people beat on me. 
question. That's what I said in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, can you guys go into a little bit of how it is more than just letting someone beat on you? Well, the uh, answer to that question is, well, then don't. Hey, um, hey. You know, this is... You are... You... you always have agency and control over your own body no one you, you know you'll you'll hear um people who have seen porn or have read things and they say they assume that giving up control means just that you're not giving anything you are still a human being you are still a grown man you are doing nothing more than allowing someone to do something to you because on some level you receive, I don't want to say pleasure, but you receive some sort of satisfaction out of that. But you can always take that control back. Otherwise, you're being assaulted. So that's sort of the, the first thing. Mm. And I, I get that, you know, this, the history of this country is replete with uh, racism and prejudice, and there are certain sorts of things that you don't want to explore with someone who doesn't share, you know, some of the same sort of um, cultural ties as you. And that's exactly why this organization exists. But I will always tell people, don't let those preconceived notions keep you from exploring things. Find someone who has those commonalities and go on out and explore them. Yeah, I mean, everything is, you know, you, you have agency over your own body. You have a safe word in scenes that stops the scene from happening, can stop the scene from happening. Um, you have talked about things. You, again, no one is just going to just grab you by the neck when you come into the bar and throw you up against the wall now, if you ask for that to happen before and you negotiate with that to happen when you do come into the bar, that's a different story because you've still already talked about it. Um, talking about a scene does not necessarily take the hotness um, out of the scene um, or the, um, the notion that this is still supposed to not you know, feel this way or the element of surprise or... So, but negotiation is key. Um, and sometimes you see things that happen that people are in relationships that it's been negotiated before and they know that that is a possibility of happening. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, Mark, any more questions? Yes, I was just about to slide. Go ahead. Well, uh, Art Lewis um, says, considering the history of bondage, whipping, and abuse and slavery, how men of color, um, excuse me, considering the history of bondage, whipping, and abuse and slavery, how men of color navigate this leather scene form of pleasure and play, does this separate one's spiritual nature from sexual pleasure? That's deep. Uh, it is deep, and I don't, I, I think it heightens it. Um, if you allow yourself, as Links said, if you allow yourself to be, and if you allow yourself 
um, experience it, there is a spiritual journey that you actually do go on where you're free to be and free to um, experience. And it's the tops it's the tops job mm. to bring you back into reality mm-hmm. and to care for you after the scene is over. Your mind, you have had the freedom to let your mind go. And that is a spiritual that's a spirituality and a spiritual heightened sense of spiritual uh, ascension, I think, that a lot of people really do really do experience and so no i don't think it separates it um we do separate and know what the difference was with slavery right and that that was against your will Mm -hmm. talked about and is being used to heighten your endorphins and heighten um a, a need for sexual pleasure um of pain or pleasure because some of it is very pleasurable to people it's not all about pain. <laughs> Some people get distinct pleasure out of the feelings that they get, but you'll never know until you experienced it, until you try it, until you have someone who is knowledgeable take you through it. Because you have charlatans out there that, oh, let me come beat you. Right. No, where did you learn to beat people? Right. <laughs> right. Where, where, right. Where did you go to a class? Did you, when you met the right. church? Right. Um, it's just not about taking out a paddle. It's out here whipping asses. Right. Right, right, right. If I can't piggyback on that, Mufasa, because it. It, um, it, it, it struck something in me. I think that the difference between the slavery component and the BDSM component is this, for me anyway. Um, the choice to want someone to do that to you. Um, I don't. I, I. I. I am comfortable in saying I don't think the slaves wanted to be beaten. I don't think that they wanted to be bonded or anything like that. Uh, in BDSM, in my experience anyway, um, when I am with someone, it's because they want me to do these things to them. They have surrendered themselves to me. They trust me enough to a not hurt them, b be present to them, and c make sure that they are okay. Um, and then the. I guess a more they feel for me enough to tie them up, uh, set them on fire, drip them with wax, whatever it is this we decide to do, they trust me enough and they want me to do these things. So then the slavery component and our history of all of that is a non-issue. I, we, we don't even think about that because that is not this. Um, so for me in my time in, in the community and in the culture, uh, it's never come up in conversation or even in my own thought. Uh, this is all, an awful lot like what my ancestors might have gone through. I don't think it's anything like they would have gone through. No. Um, so that's not an issue for me to contend when I'm negotiating or beginning the the steps to uh, put on a placing with someone either intimately or via teaching a class or something like that. Um, so that's that's my input on that piece. See, that's where that's where you know I said in the beginning: educate, explore, and empower. You know, before you can be the, the end is empower is empowered to go and live your best life. But before that, there's a lot of things that you have to sort of work through. So if that is a trigger for you, you know, the history of people of color 
in this country. And let, I mean, that con- that is not just exclusive to black people, because if you're an American Indian, I mean, excuse me, mm-hmm. an Native American in this country or some of the original Chinese that came to this country or J- Japanese uh, during the last century. I mean, there's any number of groups that have to navigate these things. So you have to become educated about these things before you can um, before you can get uh, before you can go out and do these sorts of things. And I think that, um, again, trying to reduce people to just humans, the idea of being restrained during sexual play, the idea of being struck during sexual play is not white people stuff. It's not the province of any group of people uh, to like certain sexual activities. It's just that certain activities were taken out of a sexual context and used uh, as part of a violent power structure. So you have to become educated about that and uh, able to move past it. But we also, we meaning us he, who are uh, players and part of this, also have to acknowledge that and take people where they are and know that everyone isn't as enlightened is the wrong word because it implies that someone else isn't, you know, isn't. Uh, they aren't at the same place in their journey as mm. you are, and you have to accept that and accept they may actually never be there, and you thank them mm. for their time, and, you know, you keep it moving. So, you know, it's also sort of a two-way street. You want to provide a safe place for people to explore, but you have to accept that some people don't want to explore or become educated, and, you know, you just keep it moving in that case. And also, how many Thank people, you for that, because that's a reminder for me. I mean, how many people in the past when you've been having sex with them uh, ask you to spank them. Right. And you're like, hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you move on. How many people want their, your hands around their throat? These are things that you can negotiate and actually have happen safely rather than at the spur of the moment. Um, right. And explore even further. Uh, but a lot of these things people are already doing in their bedrooms and just not talking about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we choose to talk about them and put them on the table and learn how to do them safely and with your consent. And that's what the problem is, is that, you know, when, uh, when people live their lives freely and without constraint that makes other people nervous and in a lot of cases jealous and people don't have anything to do with that energy. It reminds me of the woman that uh, everyone calls a slut. It's like, well, she, and she's unbothered because she's out living her life, having a good time. The people that are calling her sluts are living in these repressive marriages where they hate their partners and whatever while she's going out and living her life. So... Same thing in our community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah, much very so. Much so. Um, all right. I have two more questions. Um, and anyone who has sent a question in that we did not get to, or anyone who watches this later, please do the questions, because clearly we're going to need to have these gentlemen back on for... Um, part two. Part two, right. Part two right. at some point. Uh, okay. So one is... 
has Onyx ever thought about offering online video tutorials to display uh, the how to explore play correctly? We are. We are working on that now. We currently have a YouTube channel. So some of the more educational parts of it, Mufasa, you, I, I don't have the YouTube channel off the top of my head, but right now, you know, there's only certain things you can show on YouTube, but we also have a website, uh, www.onyxmen.com, and we're moving toward providing online resources and uh, tutorials there. But I, I mean, I just want to caution people that, you know, it's not, it's frankly, it's not jack off material. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may be some of it, but it, the purpose of it is educational. So if Lynx is giving you a fire uh, demonstration, there's going to be all sorts of discussion and all of that. So, you know, I just want people to understand the difference between the scenes that they mm -hmm. see at a bar night or at an event and a demo. A demo is about talking about all of the precautions and the discussions about 70% alcohol and things versus a scene where the two people or the three people or however many people are, are in the scene have discussed all of this ahead of time and it's all about uh, entertainment. So just be clear on what you'll be seeing, which is it's not going to be a, BD, a black BDSM porn hub. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> it's going to be educational mm -hmm. so it's a youtube channel oh but go ahead go ahead no uh, i'm done yeah i think uh i'm trying to find a youtube channel now i think it's onyx men is that i think so let me look channel? it up real quick yeah i went ahead and just uh clicked on that subscribe button real quick while they're looking for that uh i have one last question and this is this is one of my own personal questions um to this quite a bit going to different um going to different leather events the shiny new negro speaking mm. to other blacks in leather spaces so um, and some are that has nothing to do with us that has nothing no, to do with no, but just as people who are in leather spaces a lot, um, how do you handle that situation where you have the um, one person of color surrounded by nine people of color and when you go to speak, as people of color genuinely do, you know, some form of acknowledgement of each other and you get that is that black person talking to me? Why are they talking to me? <laughs> well, um, I just move on. But it stresses me. It's, it's, they don't want to talk to me. I'm a wonderful person. You are. I, You're I a great goddamn sunshine. I don't need... I don't, not more sunshine than you, though, to me. Well, thank you. <laughs> you write my life. Excuse um, me. <laughs> But yeah, we we run. I've run into that ever since I've been in the leather community. Um, that's nothing new, and I run into that outside the leather community in the gay community. That's nothing new. Um, it's just uh, they are who they are. They were raised where they were raised. They think how they think. They date who they want to date, and that has nothing to do with me. 
Um, I think part of it is, uh, well, ultimately I'm unbothered because fine. But um, in trying to understand. There's so many things that unbother you. And I know, right? <laughs> that's a great thing. But um, I, I think in trying to understand it, um, I tend to see that these are the kinds of uh, people of color, you know, black, uh, Asian, Latino, who weren't acculturated around others of that same group. So um, either that or they have um, taken a particular liking to those white men that they're around to the exclusion of others. And I think that they think that the only reason that those white people are hanging around with them is because of the color of their skin. And therefore, if a shiny new Negro shows up, that a those white people are going mm -hmm. to be distracted by, mm -hmm. by that shiny mm -hmm. new Negro. Mm -hmm. What they don't understand is that when I or Mufasa or Lynx, and I mean, I'm just going to, if I'm wrong about you, you can say, when we approach you, we're approaching you either because we're in a space where we are not the predominant. So when you see someone else, you're speaking and being polite or two, because I want to fuck you. Mm. Not know who's white guys that you're with. So you don't have to worry about them. If anything, it's the reverse. And I'm I'm being facetious. It's not really like that. But it's it's not at all what they're thinking it is that, you know, those other people are going to be distracted. And even if they are, it's not a thing. I mean, I went to historically black colleges and even amongst all black people, when you make eye contact with another Negro in a space you nod and you keep it moving. No one's asking you to come over and exchange recipes, but it's just the <laughs> acknowledgement of that person's humanity, which I think really is, um, you know, having read a lot as a child, you know, slave narratives and stuff, that was the only way that we could acknowledge people's humanity because, you know, you were trained to, you know, keep your eyes downcast. You couldn't look at other people. You couldn't look at, uh, they couldn't look at you. So the only way that you could acknowledge someone's humanity was by looking in their face, looking in their eyes. And it was that silent acknowledgement of humanity. And that's something that has carried with us these last 400 years. But if you aren't acculturated around other black people, you might not get that. Mm -hmm. And if you, again, and as Dominion said, if you are fearful for your place, your, for you losing your place in the country club with the white folks that you have been around, then you're not going to talk to me because then they may see you as less than. Right. And I don't have time for that. <laughs> mm. I have wonderful men in my life. I have wonderful men in my life, wonderful brothers in my life. Uh, wonderful husband, children, dogs. I, I don't need to talk to you. Really, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to keep this hangout strictly Onyx-related, but because we live in Trump America, that's just not possible. Unfortunately. Um, so it is very unfortunate. So before we close, and I want our three guests to feel free to chime in once 
the soapbox has been removed. <laughs> um, I am going to turn the next few minutes over to our own Mark Oessis, who has a soapbox that he needs to get on. Apparently, he had to fry a bitch and serve up receipts. <laughs> Take it away, Mark. Okay, before I get into Steph on this soapbox, I just want us, we got a couple of last comments and the questions um, in the Q&A. First off, Legionnaire, I appreciate you educating those inside the um, the chat about certain things, you know, certain questions and stuff like that. And Jay Phoenix Onyxman says, hey, brothers, teach the masses, hashtag Onyx love. He also said, I believe that there is some things people of color may not want to experience. For example, I won't get into being hit with the whip, but love to be flawed to spank. But um, basically, what I had to say was about this um, Kathy Griffin backlash this week. Because um, that's pretty much what the dragon was about last night. Um, somebody posted a, a tweet saying, so where were people coming out with Derek Tag me and uh, um, article saying that, well, you know, Baron Trump was very traumatized by this, you know, image of what he perceived to be his father. And I said, I know Baron's situation. I know Baron. I know it might have shook him a little bit, though. But I'm still unbothered mm-hmm. by that whole scenario because he, look at Malia and Sasha, mm. who had to sit there and see their fathers be their fathers not just be lynched on TV, but threatened. Their parents were threatened by Ted Nugent. And you know, lest we forget, you know, we always forget shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then it's this hypocritical stance on the whole situation so I got pissed so everybody was saying well you know she crossed the line I said how how did she cross the line that's not an actual that's not Trump's head you know she didn't actually go cut cut his head off it was a freedom of speech that's what art does it's a freedom of speech now we have comedians go do some shit that's you know very you know out there and everything like that though but they don't get on stage and sit there and say yeah I'm coming to kill you president so-and-so so-and-so they don't sit there and like have nooses of the black the first black president because that didn't just affect malia and sasha that affected all african-american people who would get no matter who realized hopefully at that point in time when this shit was coming out that no matter what your position is in the world you can be the president of the united states of america the leading the front line of this whole entire earth when it comes to everything and you can still be looked at as shit. So I had to drag a bitch last night because she came in with the whole, um, <laughs> I channeled Chris last night. I thought, I thought Chris and Jared just jumped into my ass last night and was just really? like, look. <laughs> because and, don't, put um, that, another, don't put that dragon on me because I right. <laughs> I did get my life from the dragon though I got my but life because I, mean, yeah. I just felt so pissed because the way a friend of ours who's a um, current he's a he's a big supporter of M3 he posted the tweet that somebody posted said, so where was the outrage for Malia and Sasha as they had to sit there and watch their dad be you know yada 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 and somebody said, this is irrelevant. It's, it's bad either way. And I said, um, no. That didn't ask the question. Where was the outrage at? And I said, because African-Americans all felt that, you know, that news, the, the being called monkey and, you know, all this shit. So where was it? So she had the audacity to sit there and say, nope, stop. Nobody's going to read the essay, you know, 
whatever. And so this is this is the end of the discussion. I said, no, bitch. The discussion <laughs> ended when you came in with this white tears ass response. And right. I, so I said, that wasn't an essay. That was a read. But you probably need to learn to do when you enter the arena of race politics. Now you are dismissed. Mm. And then a friend came in and was like, well, yeah, I agree with Mark. You can't all last matter. A lynching. And then she had that audacity to say, well, ignorance is contagious. And I said, what are you, patient zero? <laughs> <laughs> because, and you know, so, I mean, you cannot sit there. And so I've, I'm vouching, I'm supporting Kathy Griffin because I just felt like the whole goddamn thing was just bullshit. First of all, Anderson Cooper, who was a good Judy, the Baby same thing. threw that bitch under the, under the bus. bus. Baby, yeah. I have said this yeah. before, a white gay will turn on a straight woman and a white gay will turn on you in a minute. And I'm right. sorry if that's stereotypical, but I have seen it happen over and over and over again. A white gay will not know you. I don't know her. I don't know her. But yeah, and I like I was just telling um I was just telling um somebody the other day, I said I just gave Anderson Cooper his damn his ticket back, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you cool with me again because you sat there yeah. killing Ed Conway. Now Fair I got to take this shit back. You know what I'm saying? I got to right. sit there and say, no, access denied because you, I mean, it wasn't like, <laughs> damn, Kathy, you know, you should have called me first so I can tell you that this shit was wrong. No, he was just sitting there like, and he used her full name. It wasn't like Kathy, you know, like we're cordial and shit like that. He used her full name. I just, this, I just don't, don't uh, I just, um, I, I don't know what Pretty much, I don't know Kathy Griffin. That's what the damn tweet pretty much said. I don't know Kathy Griffin. I don't know her. Right. I, I don't know like, what is she doing with disgusting. And CNN cut her ass off so damn quick. And I was like, damn. Well, you know really? what? I will no longer be watching CNN because I certainly wasn't watching it for Anderson Cooper's dry ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just a big mess. And so I'm glad to see all these performers and people coming out there mm. and Thea Hewley and Jamie Foxx and all these people, Jimmy, um, Jim Carrey, all them coming out to support Kathy Griffin. But I She's going to be fine. She, yeah. She's going to be fine. Right. She's going to be fine. She's going to yeah. be fine. This will blow over in two weeks until somebody else says something stupid. And then yeah. they'll well, be well, on actually, the, actually, the that, actually Bill Maher gave her that, that, that <laughs> this past Friday night when he had a guy on the show a, a senator or something like that, and he's asked the senator, "So you would you come back to the fields and pick cotton?" Oh yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, I was like, "No." Bill Maher, Bill Maher, like, "I was busy fucking." Pick cotton with you? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a oh house nigga. That's what I'm doing. The excuse he used for that is that he was like um, lacking sleep or lacking rest or something. Like, that. No, like he, you know your white super, ass. You know, <laughs> using right, yeah, like suckling. Superhead sucked that man's dick so goddamn tough to the point where he just probably woke up and thought he was black when he came. Right. You know, because uh, it just seemed like that was the, I mean, it was just like Bill, really? Like, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, Kathy Griffin got a little hell mirror from Bill Maher, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> though, but, you know, so, but nobody's dragging Bill, though. If you realize it has not been as vocal for what he's he said. Because it was a white male. Yeah. He's a white man talking, right. 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 She's a white woman. And <laughs> that, not, that not only, I mean, again, Trump has, you know, melanoma 
came after Kathy, <laughs> you know, about bullying. <laughs> Bitch, have you talked to your husband? Exactly. I mean, have you right. talked to your husband? Right. But we all know, Derek. You know, we all know that somebody wrote that damn um, speech for her because you know she getting big on side. But listen, as much as I am still here for Kathy Griffin, a part of me is still like, come on, girl. Mm. Don't, you, you, let me tell taste, you. Taste, we have taste, all, yeah. all, everyone on this panel has experienced WWS. No, excuse me, WWWS, Wounded White Woman Syndrome. Mm. Now, whether you think it's, you know, uh, the worst thing ever or not, Kathy Griffin is now like, I can't believe I'm having this bashless bitch. You said something. Wounded White Woman Syndrome is when you say and or do something incredible and people have a legitimate and logical reaction and then you retreat into white woman tears and shock. Like, how dare they? Because, listen, I love Kathy Griffin, but, girl, let's not act like you didn't know that people were going to have a problem with you holding a likeness of the severed head of the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. This president in particular. Mm -hmm. So as much as I'm there for you, let's let's keep it real. You knew what you were getting into. So what you could do is put your big girl panties on and say, yep, I did it. And what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. and, and Dominion, that's my problem. Yeah. I hated the fact that she apologized. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. I hated the fact that when the when the fire got turned up, she's like, well, what? 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 Right. I, 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 I agree with everybody on this panel about that. That was going to lead the rant with that was that, you know, don't turn to, don't be like, oh, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. No. Stick firm. Stay firm on right. course. You got I so many people behind you. Right. Yeah. And, and normally that space is reserved for Leah Dunham, but I guess. Oh my God! Oh, no. don't give me. <laughs> Everybody kept comparing her to John um, John Rivers because you know good and damn well John Rivers had did that shit. She would be like, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, what? I yeah, said I was ugly, bitch, because the dress was ugly. Right. <laughs> She's a slut. <laughs> she would have been like, if you bitches could come for me and I'll sit there and take all you got that motherfucking right. stuff because I'm not going nowhere. And I will have right. my job at E come Monday morning. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't be just fine because, you know, there are plenty of people. I mean, she chose the right president to say that about because, you know, uh, ain't nobody feeling him like that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say I don't feel bad about Barron because of the. If there's anybody, if there's any Trump that I feel bad for, it's him. Only because yes. he's young enough to, you know, not have been totally ruined by having big brothers and sisters and a father who are absolutely evil. I don't necessarily believe that Melania is evil. I believe that Melania was like, I found a gravy trade and I'm ready to ride this shit and then wait till this boy get old enough to where I can definitely go get my millions. Then this motherfucker decided to be president of the United States. <laughs> or not this bitch is like, <laughs> we did not negotiate this. Listen, right. right. When they're on right. the international right. trip, and every time they get off the 
Chicago Air Force One, she was slapping his hand away. That said it Thank all right there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right, it. right. She didn't want no, this. She did not want this. She was all. not trying to have any she, parts of that man. It's, it's like you ain't been touching me before. Why are you trying to touch me? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And then right. the whole thing of the matter going on with they're talking about, and I'm gonna leave this alone after this. But the whole thing that came out this past Friday too was the fact that she might be getting dick on the side from one of her um. Bodyguards in, in New York, and that's why she don't want to leave it. She don't want to be leaving a dick. Somebody gave a had a long ass Twitter thing saying like, "Yeah, oh, I and have gave a man's name and put yeah. his picture on Twitter yes. and everything." Oh, yes, oh. go to oh. our, you know, not to put other websites, but go to awesome, go to awesomely lovey. And you'll yes. see the whole uh, thing right there. He got his picture, oh, the man's name, yeah. and everything. Apparently, he there's a Tiffany store in Trump yes. Tower, and yeah. now the head of security for uh, for uh, for the store. Tiffany store. And you know what? I'm fine if she getting uh, dick on the side because that's her business. But I have a problem with paying for it. Paying for exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. That on my dime. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't need this new season of House of Cards because I swear to God, we're dealing with right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> In our political world right now, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my soapbox. Y'all can keep the whole Kathy Griffin a troll. I'm just so offended by it because until we get an apology from Ted Nugent for trying to, uh, for, for not trying, but just saying that he would kill President Obama and Michelle Obama, and for mm-hmm. all the people who have not gotten fired for having nooses of the President of the United States hung across the damn country, and, you know, all this shit in the manner of free speech. Yeah, but you see where free speech gets your ass. So when this mm-hmm. shit actually happens to you, and this shit is, the tables are turned, then we might have a conversation about being outraged and shit, but until then, you can miss me with that bullshit. So... All right. I tried to go online and get tickets to her next show, but it seems like venues are canceling on her ass. But she'll be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be back. I'll go see her at the blog, yo. All righty. And on that note, I want to uh, thank our special guest for joining us. Um, this is the part of the show where we do um, shout not shout outs, uh, good wishes and what we have going on. Um, so if there's anything from our three guests that you would like to promote put out there, now is your opportunity on this platform. Oh, this reminds me. You know how you ever see someone that you haven't seen in a while and they're on Jimmy Fallon? You're like, why is this bitch on TV? Because they got something to promote? Well, bitch, I have something to promote. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> That's our dominion. Yes. <laughs> I write a column. <laughs> I write a column called Dominion's Opinions, which will be re-debuting tomorrow at noon on DomOnyx.com. That's www.domonyx.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you on my new website. Great. I'll be teaching at uh, South, Southeast Living Fest. Uh, next weekend, well, yeah, no, not next weekend, the 17th through the 19th, somewhere in there, that weekend. Um, be teaching an impact play class and also the story of Onyx, um, intentional diversity. So I will be teaching those two classes uh, at itself. And join us at Blackout. Um, you can get all the information for the Onyx anniversary weekend in New Orleans, Voodoo in the Bayou. It's the end of September, the last weekend of September, and you can get all that information from our website, www.onyxmen.com. Slash blackout. 
I am uh, in the process of relocating to New York. Uh, hope Yay! I uh, hope to be <laughs> I hope to be there by uh, September 1st. Um, that's the number one thing on my plate right now. Number two, um, the Onyx Great Lakes chapter is doing an event July 8th, Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, that'll be the next time that I'll be um, exhibiting some work. So if you are in the Great Lakes area or if you're looking for a fun weekend, July 8th in Detroit, uh, that's where oh. I'll be. That's going to be at uh, Sodom call, and Gomorrah. Right? Yeah. Oh, excellent. I've been excellent. trying to I've been trying to put I've been trying to put Chris and John Tatum in the same room together. In the same oh, room. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about another time. Okay, okay. Yes, another kind of way. Oh, okay. I really I'm really curious <laughs> oh. to see what happened. Uh. <laughs> but uh in a good way. That's, that's amazing. We'll work on it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you want photos and videos of our encounter? It's called, it's called, a, kidna it's I, called a kidnapping I, scene. Okay. I do. Listen. That would be hot. Okay. Um, Chris, Mark, anything from you? Um, Chris, you go ahead. <laughs> I'm about to say, it's, it's Pride Month. So I'm going to be out at Pride filming, doing stuff for the LGBT update and, you know, and just having a good time, you know. Um, for me, I'm just going to be working on part three of my serialized novella that's being um, not broadcast, but being released on WyattEvans.com. It's called The Things We Do. And um, if you haven't seen part one, it's on WyattEvans.com slash Mark's Surreality. Um, and I'm working on part three. I'm thinking it's going to be three, um, five to six parts. And that's pretty much it. Other than that, I'm just trying to get this Wonder Woman in my system so I don't know won't spoil it for me. Because <laughs> they're itching. They're, everybody's itching to call me. Like, did you see this part with this? Yeah. Uh, as for me, um, I'm where I'm always. I'm here every other week when I'm here when Mark is not doing the entertainment hangout. And you can also catch me on poppychuloradio.com where I'm doing a host of different shows. Um, we are actually getting ready to start a daytime diva show for the show <laughs> premiering tomorrow. Uh, we have a really good... We, oh, oh, wait, let me tell you the cast. Oh, no. Because Dominion, you will appreciate this. Oh, and, and, and um, Chris also. All it's right. going to be moderated by myself mm -hmm. uh, with Poppy and Legionnaire Onyx and Carla Still. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be lit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think we're pretty much so. Right now, we're just doing American Gods and finishing up Summer Camp. Um, but all of those are left. available. Oh, go ahead. Uh, summer camp. Well, no, whatever. Guys, how many episodes left? I think there's three episodes left. Okay, all right, catch up. Yeah, they just showed five. They're, they only did eight episodes this season. If you're not watching it, you really should. It's really good. Um, and with that, I want to thank everyone for taking time out of their Sunday afternoon to join us. I want to again. 
thank my brothers in Onyx for coming along on this journey, sharing their knowledge, answering the questions, and we look forward to having them back very soon. And with that, I'm going to say thank you so much for supporting M3, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whichever podcatcher you use. And if you would like to get more content from M3, visit MailMediaMind.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, and many others. But most importantly, our link to YouTube, where you can subscribe and get a notification when we go live. There, you can participate in the Q&A and be a part of the conversation. Again, my name is Malcolm Travers, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode.